everybody. Welcome so much for coming. Welcome so. Thank you so much. I can't. I already can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> okay. So discombobulated. See? Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for coming back. If you hear a lot of noise, it's Mocha, my dog, but we'll deal with him if need be. But besides that, we're very, very excited because we have a, another great guest, uh, Miss Dana Katarina. Hi, Dana. How are you? Hello, everybody. I am good. How are you doing? I'm good, considering. How's First question is, how are you doing with everything going on in the world? Doing as well as I possibly can be. Trying to stay optimistic and just taking it day by day and not trying to worry too much. (laughs) So just, yeah, I mean, better than when we were just completely locked down, but you know, now just school's a distraction. Hobbies are a distraction. What are some (laughs) of the hobbies you've, have you picked up anything? I kind of always craft and want to try new things. so I've been doing a whole bunch of things since this pandemic started, but um, I've been sewing, which has oh. been a hobby of mine for a long time, but I've been just sewing a bell costume because why the hell not? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Comic-Con this year or 2020 was canceled. So I was like, might as well start making something for 2021 if need be. So I've been working on that and just, of course, writing and reading and all that fun stuff. So do you do, have you mastered the sewing machine? I have mastered the sewing machine. I had a little trouble when I first got it because there are all these it's different hard. settings. Yeah, it's it's way harder than just like stepping on a pedal and moving fabric through it. Um, there are a lot of different settings, but now I kind of got that going for me. Um, I learned how to sew such a long time ago. So bringing back the sewing machine, I was just like, let's figure this out. <laughs> My mom has her sewing machine from when she would snow, snow. So all the time. <laughs> and I asked her, like, I had a hole in my pants and I asked her, I'm like, mom, can you sew this for me? She goes, you know how to sew? I go, I do not know how to sew. <laughs> Cause she taught me yeah. like the, the hand, like the, the needle, like the single yeah. needle. But like it's hard. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough. And especially too, like at least the sewing machine, you could always do the setting that will just like make the machine do it for you and you just have to make sure everything's in order and everything's in place the way it's supposed to be. But hand sewing is much more than just like going like this, like just making that up and down kind of motion. So it's it's way harder <laughs> than people yeah, think it is. Fingers, so that doesn't really work either word i'm right there with you (laughs) i always feel like i need something like i just need a like the thimbles that cover your fingers i'm like i gotta get but i've also been getting really bad carpal tunnel in my hand (gasps) oh shit so but when i do my makeup (laughs) no you're fine fine. okay (laughs) when i do my makeup sometimes my hand just because i have a brush my hand just spazzes and it flies across the room oh my god that's crazy It's really bad. I don't think that's oh carpal my God. tunnel. It's actually it's funny, you say, well, not funny you say that because carpal tunnel is not it's a fun hilarious. experience. Um, but I the, I went to a, a few doctors over the past, I don't know, 10 months. Um, and they thought I had carpal tunnel. But turns out it was just like 
my liver was making my joints hurt, all this stuff, but they thought I had carpal tunnel too. But then they were like, oh no, we've ruled that out. I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. <laughs> like, is your liver okay? <laughs> my liver is good now. Apparently I have sugar intolerance, which I didn't even know was a thing until- like natural until I... sugar? Yeah, well, I guess it's like, I guess it's like artificial and natural sugar. Like if I intake too much, then my body just shuts down and like all these oh things God. start happening. How sad. <laughs> It's crazy. I didn't even know that was a thing. I was like, okay, like I know obviously lactose intolerance and gluten intolerance, but who knew that there was such a thing as sugar intolerance? Because there's sugar in everything. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Are you like sugar free now? No. I have like a super sweet tooth. So I just I just manage it. (laughs) No, I I, no, I couldn't imagine. That sounds like super weird punishment, you know? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I thought that we could do some fun icebreakers with you because, you know, when you're in school, they do that, and it's so fun. Oh, yeah. So I have a couple questions, and then I have some this or that questions just to get to know you and your preferences on different things. So the first thing is, first question, which breed of dog best describes you and why? Oh, that's a good question. Oh man. Um, I want to say a Corgi cause they're really cute. Um, <laughs> but I think I love Huskies and I think that they're super rambunctious at times, but they can be really smart. And I feel like that is like a good kind of summary of me <laughs> like, can like be, can be, you know, fun and playful, but at the same time is like smart and all knowing. That. What about you, D? Um, for me, well, I would have thought like German Shepherd because that's what we grew up with—hard-headed, uh, hard to work with, <laughs> but <Yes>. super protective <laughs> and lovable. <laughs> so yeah, probably German Shepherd. I wish I was like a pit bull or something because they're just super sweet and smart. But the hard-headed—you can't. I can't stray away from that. <laughs> <laughs> test to that it's very true okay <laughs> what about you kim yeah oh, how would you be? i was gonna say a corgi because i I'm, I'm small and chunky <laughs> oh i actually like, thought about it i was like i don't know corgis are the best though i love they corgis. really are so cute they really are okay second question if you could have a dime for every time a person said blank about you what would that statement be What's something that everybody says that you do or you whatever? I think it would be that I cry at everything. <laughs> like the wind can blow on my face and I'd be like, that's so beautiful. Like, <laughs> like I just cry at everything. Movies, TV shows, music, everything. And everyone's always like, you got to stop crying. <laughs> I feel like I've been more emotional now as like like more sappy now as I've gotten older yeah like things that you shouldn't cry about yeah me yeah I'm the same way it's horrible agree that's funny yeah okay (laughs) if you woke up one day and was one character from any fantasy slash myth slash mythological movie or tv series who would it be and why you could only pick one 
Oh my God, this is so hard because I'm such a nerd. I know, that's why I asked <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> she knows your weak point. <laughs> I <Yeah>. know. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my God. I just started rewatching Game of Thrones, so I'm like, what are good characters from there? <laughs> but I think, oh my God, this is so hard. So my brain goes to Harry Potter and my heart goes other places. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually this really cool character from Star Wars who nobody knows about, who I would totally love to be. Um, her name is Mara Jade. Um, oh, I know her. Yeah, she's so cool. <laughs> she's like this boss ass bitch who just like, she was first the, the hand of the empire or emperor. So she's like from the dark side, but then she turns soft and is like super boss ass. She bitch, married but Luke. At the same time, like, right? Didn't she marry Luke? Her. Yeah, yeah, she marries Luke, which he's probably my least favorite character from the series, <laughs> but I just like Mara Jade. <laughs> So probably be her, I think. She's Kim, a good one. Kim, what She's about great. you? Yeah, I have no, I have, you guys know, I, I have no comment on this nerd talk. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I it's so here. hard. This question is so hard. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Who would you pick, D? Oh my Did goodness. You? See, like, I probably Would'd pick you're... a character that I like. <gasps> Like a lot, I have a lot of female characters that I like and also would like, are definitely the definition of me, but I can't pick one. It's very I hard. Know, it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also like those like really cool characters like The Witcher. Yeah. Like, that's just. <laughs> and Yennefer, yeah. like, who would, like, uh, it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> The more we open it up, the more I'm like, wow, I would pick 10 other characters, too. Well, I ask because I feel like people who are, um, like, really big fans of one fantasy or mythological show or TV show or movie yeah. or whatever are also fans of all the other ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. In interest. So I'd I asked it because I'd imagine it'd be a very difficult one. Yeah. It is. <laughs> I'm sure it probably would change depending on the day, too. So. Absolutely. I'll probably be thinking about this question every single day until the day I'm dead and be like, who would I be? <laughs> and an equally as hard question, the best type of potato. <laughs> Meaning, I like, okay, french well, fry, yeah. tater tot, mashed potato, sweet potato fry, curly fry, waffle fry. It's a very big oh, debate on the podcast so far. Oh my god. I, I, I thought you were going to ask me like species of potato and I was like Yukon gold. But then, <laughs> but then like style <laughs> or type. Oh my god. Okay. I think I'm going to have to go with I mean I love me some waffle fries. Thank you. I love <laughs> waffle fries. But, but a regular french fry you can dress it up so much more than you could a regular waffle fry. Because waffle fries, I feel like, always have this distinct flavor that you can't really change too much. Okay. But like a regular french fry, you can make it like the black truffle french fry with like a little bit of cheese on it. Or you can just douse it with nacho cheese. <laughs> like, you can dress it up so much. Um, also, I'm just a sucker for french fries. Me so. too. Do you eat too much french fries and then your stomach hurts? You get that weird pain? Yeah, I do. <laughs> but yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's winter time, so it's French fry time. That's Absolutely. I'm right there with you. 
right there with i just got over easy yesterday and i'm like yeah we're gonna sub that salad for french fries <laughs> two dollars extra okay and yeah <laughs> yes i know because i get it every time i'm very much aware yeah give me give me the french fry danielle said the tater tot okay i get that tater tots are really good yeah but i i put them in your like... pocket <laughs> I feel like you can mess them up, though. Like, you have to get them perfect. Yeah, because they can either be too mushy. I like the crunch on the outside and, I like, the softness on the inside. That's, like, the perfect tater tot. Right. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said Also, a really good there. question. Thank you. Because, like, so many people have so many different potato... Preferences. Preferences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a very hot debate between the two of us, so I figured I'd ask. Yeah. Did you ask that question to Paige? I did not. Oh, okay. I should have. I was curious. I was curious. If... That should be, like, your themed question. Yeah. Like, like everybody has to answer it. Yeah. For the first season of the podcast. Telling. It is. Yeah. <laughs> season one, theme question is, what type of French fry or potato <laughs> product do you like? Or, like, mashed potatoes can also be, and oh, baked potatoes. Mashed potatoes are so good. Yeah. All right. All right. Don't get ahead okay, of okay, yourself. Okay, okay. Stay on track. <laughs> now I'm moving on to... Quick fire this or that questions. So I'm gonna give okay. you two options. You have to pick one or the other. There's not a lot, but okay. Cheez Its or goldfish? Goldfish. Barbecue or sour cream and onion? I was very uh, uh oh my god, oh my god. Barbecue. Nacho cheese or cool ranch? Nacho cheese. Crunchy Cheetos or puffy Cheetos? Crunchy Cheetos. Okay. Andrew Garfield Spider-Man or Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? Oh, Neither. <laughs> Tobey Maguire, because I grew up, we grew up with Tobey Maguire. Wonder Woman or Harley Quinn? Oh, shoot. Um, Can't you tell that was specific? Yeah, that's very specific. <laughs> um, oh my god. Harley Quinn, because the new Wonder Woman movie had really disappointed me. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have a story chris pratt or chris hemsworth chris hemsworth because i'm dating chris pratt <laughs> so we're gonna go with chris hemsworth <laughs> chris or chris pine what was the first one chris evans or chris pine chris evans chris evans or chris hemsworth <laughs> i'm like going through their whole filmography in my head um Oh my god. Um, let's go with Hemsworth. Congratulations, you figured out which one's your favorite, your favorite Chris from this. <sighs> if anything else comes from this, you found out which one was your, your favorite Chris. I have Chris. to go tell the Chris Evans poster in my room that I picked Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I picked Chris Hemsworth too. Because... He's so awesome. Listen, Chris, I'm with you with like the Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, but yeah. I think the edge is that he's Australian. <laughs> definitely like i had you know those like like cologne commercials that he does i was like having those like the, the accent in my head i was like yeah i want that yeah like, that, <laughs> that gives him the edge if you're australian you're already hot you're yeah already head absolutely. Of the game. absolutely but, also he's so, just like hilarious as thor yeah like chris evans had his moments in those movies but chris hemsworth definitely carried <laughs> I agree. infinity war and endgame <laughs> yeah i agree Wonder Woman, the movie. Just a little tangent before we get into like yes. stuff. Danielle came home. So she was home and we watched it 
here like after New Year's with yeah. her mom. And you know the opening scene where it's like little baby Diana and she's doing like all of like the gladiator. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's all the Amazon women in the in the audience and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Our mother goes. Oh no. Are they just on an island of lesbians? <laughs> oh my all- god, my dad's at the same <laughs> We got out of the movie, and my dad was like, are those just like, oh, no, he he was saying something like, oh, like, there's Diana, who's, like, in love with this guy, but she came from an, an island of, of lesbians. How could she be in love with a man? I was like, Dad, hello. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh, there she, there she is. is. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we can see Was her. I the only one that left? Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but did it? Did all that stuff save D? Yeah, it did. Okay, good. I got nervous. <laughs> like, oh shit! Technology's <laughs> great when it works. So, well, it's snowing. I think because it's snowing. Oh my god! Yeah, it was like hardcore hailing too. Like I was like, oh my god! I think <laughs> I think we're in the end game now. It was yeah, like really. this is crazy. So your dad thought they were a bunch of lesbians too. Yeah, which is hilarious that your mom thought the same. <laughs> She's like, no, because they're all women. So, like, they have to be lesbians. I'm like, they don't have to be lesbians. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so funny. It's the same logic. (laughs) It's a generation thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, speaking of all that fun mythological superhero fantasy stuff, what was the the first thing you watched that got you into all that stuff? Man, it had to have been the X Men series because okay. my brother, we had this GameCube X Men game, and it was kind of like a Mortal Kombat, but with the X Men characters and like the sceneries and stuff like that. Um, and we used to always play that, but we used to fight over Storm because she was so cool. So um, that just translated into the movies. And was it Halle Berry who was? No, I don't think it was Halle Berry who was, there goes Kim. Oh, there she is. <laughs> um, I don't think it was Halle Berry. I can't remember who played Storm in the movies, but it was definitely X-Men that got me into it. And like all these people, this group of people who have these different powers and there are mutants and stuff like that. Also Hugh Jackman, hello. Right. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so it had to have been that and that just kind of opened my world. And also the Spider-Man movies came out too. Because my dad brought home a Spider-Man comic book when I was little. And then that sparked, like, oh, I want to see it in a movie. And then Tobey Maguire came out. Um, but not superhero-related, Harry Potter was, like, the first thing I've ever watched that really introduced me to, like, fantasy and fiction and stuff like that. Like, of course, I grew up with Sorry. Disney. My cat's eating that. <laughs> That's so funny. That's I, I was like, what is over there? <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I was obviously like super into Disney when I was a kid and like grew up with that whole thing. But Harry Potter, I saw the first, I saw this the first Harry Potter movie when I was two, and I actually like I remember watching it. I remember certain parts, yeah, and like feeling like I remember, like the all like when Harry gets his wand and like everything's like oh. And like everything's bright and he gets his wand and stuff like that. Like I remember 
being like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And we had like Harry Potter bean bags. <laughs> My brother was a huge Harry Potter fanatic. And then that just completely converted me over pretty easily. <laughs> Did you, because you mentioned reading comic books, were those like the first book, like types of books you start reading and then transitioned into like other forms of literature? My parents used to read like picture books when I was a kid and it used to be like Shel Silverstein, which probably was the inspiration for like poetry and stuff for me um, a few years back, a couple years ago. Um, but yeah, I think it was pretty much picture books, but then, yeah, then it was comic books and that totally opened a whole new world up and was like, Oh my God, what is this kind of reading? Like, <laughs> It's very short dialogue with these awesome pictures and it's telling this incredible story about a superhero or some sort of, fictional badass <laughs> do you have a favorite comic book or series Ooh, i don't know i i kind of read all over the place there was a few years ago batman and catwoman got married and just the the artistry of those that series was really incredible um and the way that they took the character development of both those characters that obviously we know like Catwoman is the villain and Batman is the good guy and they fight with each other all the time. Um, but to see like their character development completely change and then them kind of fall for each other and then the, the actual artwork too is just really great. So that one is definitely on the top of the list, but Spider-Man would always have a good place in my heart too because that was the first comic book I've ever read <laughs> fair enough because I the whole for lack of a better term nerd world that the both of you <laughs> sit in is very intense from an outside like an outsider like oh, me yeah. because people who are dedicated are dedicated to the extreme so my first question is because you've been to how many comic cons now probably like six i want to say okay yeah that sounds about right um because this i wrote a paper about wonder woman and her crazy <clears throat> fans like of the character oh, yeah. in general not necessarily like the recent movies and stuff but this type of environment um I'm very curious about because how when you going to comic-con just in general just specifically yeah. how intense is it how crazy is it how much do you plan for cosplaying because i know you're very big into that like first question when you think of a, a character that you want to dress up as yeah what are your first initial thoughts how do you start organizing all of that i start thinking about like the costume itself and how it's portrayed, I guess, in the media. Like if it's in a movie or like, let's take for example, the Wonder Woman in the first movie, she has that like gorgeous blue dress with the sword in her back. That is a cosplay that I will forever wanna do just because it's so, so different. You know, you think of Wonder Woman and you think of, okay, that kind of, corset that she wears and the skirt and has all these crazy clunky boots and you think like oh that's Wonder Woman but to see them in a different way is just so interesting to me so I try to look at those kind of 
characters and also the characters who I have like a pure fascination in. So like, I don't know, how how old are we? Well, when was the last Comic-Con I dressed up as Harley Quinn? I think I our senior year of high school. Kid. Yeah, because so senior that, year. Like, that year, everybody dressed up as Harley Quinn. Yeah, so my thought with that was I want to be different. Now, I'm not really that kind of person that likes to stand out in the crowd. But when it comes to the nerd world, I'm like, I want to do something different. Because if even today, like, without Suicide Squad coming out or the new one coming out soon, if you walked into a Comic-Con, children, men, women, everything in between are dressed up like Harley Quinn. And then their significant other is Joker or Riddler or Penguin or something like there's someone like that. Um, but while everyone was dressed up in, like, those short shorts and the three-quarter sleeve top I was like I want to dress up as her when she was in the insane asylum and like with her orange jumpsuit and the coffee cup and that's what I did um yeah, but I dope. think thank you um I walked around the city that day in slippers and then it started <laughs> pouring and they were like tempur slippers and so all the rain just like like slurped its way into my slipper it was very uncomfortable but you do it for the comic cons um but yeah i try to look into characters who i have like a pure fascination with whether that's like psychology based or just the look of them like some characters like anastasia um from anastasia um her once upon a december dress is something i've also always wanted to do i have made it once i'm gonna try to make it again i think in a couple months but um, it's just like the the glamour of it. You can do so much with it. And I think that's what also is amazing about cosplay is like, you don't just have to duplicate somebody else. You can make it your own too, which yeah, is like so fun. I feel like, especially when Harley Quinn was coming out that everybody was doing it. And I think yeah. that there is kind of, um, what's the word? It's like, I agree with you where you want to do your own thing. I, I appreciate people who, and there's nothing wrong with people being the same character, but like right. genuinely picking characters or ideas that they are, they want to do and that are different. Yeah, definitely. But so, so going there, the first time, what year was the first time you went to a Comic-Con? Mm, 2000... 13, I want to say, it was the first time I went to New York Comic Con. So I had gone to, I think in 2012, had gone to the Asbury Park Comic Con that they used to hold. Mm -hmm. But the first huge convention I've ever gone to was in 2013, I think it was. And talk about the experience. Just like being there, being around people. Did you like talk to other people? Did people just come up to you and be like, start yeah. conversation? <laughs> yeah, so that's, I think, what the awesome part about Comic-Con is, is, well, first of all, to answer the first part of the question, it was, like, empty. Compared to now, I'm so glad that they canceled 2020, because Comic-Con has become so popular, where people just pack in, like, sardines. I worked last year's Comic-Con, so 2019, I was actually working at the com at the convention for a website I work for. Um, they sent me there on a press pass and yeah, Pottermore, that little website. It's it's um it's MuggleNet, but yeah, it's like the MuggleNet. same. Oh, my yeah, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so they sent me there and it was really cool. It was really interesting seeing it from like a press pass view. Because when you're there as, a, I guess, a consumer, if you want to say, or like a yeah. visitor, if you want to say, um, then it's, it's like a totally different viewpoint. You're like, oh, let me stroll through and let me see all these people. And you do take pap- like pictures with people who look incredible because it's just a, it's like a really fun experience for the person on the other end who spent so much time and so much money on their cosplay where you're like, oh my God, it looks so cool. Like, let's treat this person as a celebrity. And you know, sometimes there are celebrities there. Um, but back in, in 2013, it was empty. It was, we, it was in the Javits Center still, but there were maybe, I mean, I couldn't even estimate how many people there were, but we, I went with Catherine and we would just, you know, walk through, stroll through. It wasn't really like that big of a deal. It was cool being there because you're with people who are just like you. So you're like in this community, you're under the same roof as people who, um, you know, go on these forums and are like, let's talk about the new Star Wars movie or something. Um, so that's always really cool, but it was completely empty and compared to recent years. Um, Do you think like the genuineness among the community has decreased because of the popularity behind um, I think so. Because I imagine now that because a lot of more and more names of people are getting onto these projects, people are just going to meet them, right? Right, yeah, of course. And and that's definitely, there definitely is a loss of genuineness there, I think. Like back, like thinking about 2013, it was like such a sweet, wholesome experience. But in recent years, it's been like, you think like a New Yorker, like, okay, don't look at anybody, just look where you want to go. You're on autopilot kind of thing. Um, But there definitely is that loss there. Um, It was actually really nice though, because when you're in, I guess, like a meeting room where you'll have people on a panel, like last year I went to the Disney princess panel, because why would I? And there was everybody in that room just loves the same thing that you love. There was this guy sitting next to me who must, I mean, I was there just by myself, but there was this guy next to me who was crying when he saw Paige O'Hara. I was like, there are so many different fans here in the same room, loving these people who have grown, like they've grown up with these people and they have looked up to these people. And like, you wouldn't think of who these fans are until you're actually there. Like this guy right. had to have been like, I don't know, maybe like early to mid thirties, like really just by himself. You would think that he was there taking pictures for somebody else. Like he was in this rock star t-shirt, ripped jeans, all this stuff. And then Paige O'Hara comes on the stage who played Belle and he just starts crying. I was like, that's so sweet. <laughs> I was like, I like with, with like disney princesses well a specific group of like 90s disney princesses and like there's a sense of nostalgia definitely that happens and like you go back to like your little kid self and you're and it's very like a subconscious thing where you like ultimately start yeah and it's so overwhelming it's it's really just an incredible i'm getting like chills now just thinking (laughs) 
like the true nerd I am. Um, but just as an introvert, I just couldn't. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe if I worked there, like how you worked, yeah, experience for you. But um, I'm sure the more I, was it like the more you've gone, the more you learned how to navigate through. Yeah, definitely. And there, there is a certain way. Like, there are different rooms for everything. There's artists alley which is filled with people who are just so incredibly talented who are making these prints like how Paige does like she makes these prints and sells them to people like artists she alley made her logo i saw that it's so cute i love it was her? i <laughs> so funny like i love it though it came yeah. out so so good i love it um but yeah, so Artist Alley is filled with people like Paige who are like extremely talented and who go and sell their work and people just eat it up. I have all the posters in my room are all from Artist Alley because it's like the fact of supporting the artist and also just they make incredible stuff. Like the Chris Evans poster I have is just him as Captain America drawn and it says, that's America's ass. And <laughs> it's just, it's iconic. It's so good. I, I freaked out. <laughs> I saw it. I was like, I need it. I don't care how much it is. I need it. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, they can give you a map, but there's definitely a way. It's like swimming with the crowd. It's like you go in and out and flow into different rooms and stuff like that. Um, it's definitely an experience just navigating yeah. in itself. Very but, intimidating one from this yeah it is and it's it's funny because last year um i had to wait for somebody outside we were going to a um cursed child panel for the for the harry potter play and i had to write an article about it and my my brother was there and my mom was there just they were going to go to hudson yards and they're just looking down at all these people and around at all these people who are dressed up and they're like how do you do this they're like there are so many people everybody's dressed up differently like who how do you do this i'm like it's my world <laughs> it's like it's so lovely isn't it <laughs> but yeah it definitely can be intimidating um but it's exciting like once you get the hang of it it only takes a little bit to really like see things and just go with it um but it's it's really fun it's really different what's the your favorite cosplay you've done my favorite cosplay i've done you've been like cosplaying for a really long time i mean since high yeah school, for work because yeah, yeah i don't know if you still do but dana would do the whole princess disney princess party yeah and i would i would dress up like princesses and go to parties and stuff um which is super fun i have so many costumes in my closet i have to relocate them but um my favorite cosplay well it wasn't really a cosplay my halloween costume this year was like my favorite i was maleficent this year maleficent. for halloween i um, really like that one thank you yeah that one was a lot of fun and since obviously we couldn't go anywhere i was like you know what this is the first year i'm gonna do like a photo shoot it wasn't much of a photo shoot it was like my camera on a tripod and my light <laughs> it was um, great. but comic-con cosplay i really loved I loved the Harley Quinn one that I did. That one was fun because I actually, a lot of people took pictures with me, like would ask me like, oh, can I take a picture with you? That was a fun experience. Um, but favorite cosplay, I was Queenie from the Fantastic Beasts series. 
Um, and that one was just fun because she's so bubbly. And I got that's the first year I put on like a wig and I had a wand and I had all these like different things. That was fun. Um, yeah, I think that was probably my favorite one. It was definitely the most stressful one because of the wig. I was like, am I going to be itchy? Am I going to be like our bobby pin just going to fly out of my hair? <laughs> so that'd be the problem with like the princess parties. It's like sometimes like your wig would come up even the slightest bit and that would be a problem because obviously, especially if I was like Cinderella, that's blonde, blonde hair against my hair. At the time when I was doing that, my hair was probably purple. So it was like, Cinderella has purple hair. <laughs> and like bobby pins would just come flying out of the wig and it was just like craziness. Um, when did you start getting working as a Disney princess? Cause Again, I feel like that's an avenue to which I could not do <laughs> for a lot of reasons. But just start by talking about how you got that job, how long that you did it for. I was 15 when I got the job, but almost 16. So that's why I got the job. I was like so close there. <laughs> like, like, oh, you can't get it because you're underage technically. But um, I was pretty close to 16. So we worked with it anyway. But um i did that started that when i was 15. my first character i dressed up as was anna which was a huge thing for me because that's one of my favorite disney princesses um also interesting because it was the first time i put in contacts because anna has green eyes way different than my brown eyes um so we would have to pop in the contacts um the braids had to be a very specific way because the the streak that she has um but that was very fun um but yeah so I started that when I was 15 and stopped kind of like I don't know a couple of years ago I never I still technically work for them but I haven't actually done a gig in like a couple of years but like I know I still talk to them and stuff like that but probably like 2018 19 I like stopped doing parties yeah parties I feel like they are like a giant level again of stress. Yeah. Because it's, a lot goes into it. <laughs> well, as somebody who works with kids, there are times when I just want to scream at them. Yeah. And you can't. And obviously when you're in a character and a bubbly friendly character, like a Disney yeah. princess, that can be very difficult to nap again, to navigate through. So talk about just experience working with kids as a Disney princess character. Yeah, it's definitely a totally different experience, especially when they want to rip the wig off of your head. Because um, <laughs> there are some kids who really are like, you're not real, especially as Rapunzel. Rapunzel was my favorite character to play because I had a little bit more um, of Rapunzel. I mean, Rapunzel and Anna are pretty similar. Those are my two main characters. Um, I have their personality traits and stuff. So it was easy to navigate that way. But especially as Rapunzel, kids would just come up to you and want like the hair is to their level. So like they could easily just grab it like this and just rip it off of your head. And that was like navigating that in this like really high pitched voice and like being like, no, can you please stop? Like, <laughs> you have to say that in the nicest way possible. And like in character, it definitely is hard. Um, we used to go to diners too. That was a little bit 
diners were like a love-hate relationship because you get to have a little bit more like time to yourself because you're just walking around and visiting tables but after like 80 laps that can get a little like okay I saw this person already and boring yeah um but it was always nice because you get to spend like some time with the kids take a picture um and they would always draw you pictures too because they would always get like the mats so I have like a whole album full of pictures that kids have drawn me and it's just it's very cute I love working with kids and that's just like that was the heartwarming thing and like you had to learn their signatures too at points so you can just be like oh here let me sign this for you on your play mat and they would like cherish it and be like oh my god Rapunzel gave this to me like it was very cute it was very sweet um the main question I would always get is where did you come from that was always a hard one to navigate too because then they wouldn't because yeah, like, aren't there certain it. ways you have to answer like you can't say yeah. no to things yeah so it's it's definitely like it's yeah navigating those questions are hard like if you say like some kids are like oh um did you come oh no wait the best question was if you were rapunzel or anna it would be like oh where's Kristoff? oh where's olaf where's pascal you always bring pascal with you i'm like all right here we go story time sit down kids and i would make up this whole long story just like ad-libbing it just being like oh well you know Olaf is babysitting Kristoff and Sven because they can't watch the castle themselves. I came from Disney World and all this stuff. Like you just create these elaborate stories to make them believe you as much as possible. Um, which or is bore them. Exactly. Yeah. Bore exactly. Them. Yeah. Just tell like talk about taxes and then they'll be like, okay, bye. <laughs> um, Component yeah, of the job. You could never we never really had like a specific rule about, oh, you can't say no. But at the same time, no is so, like, we know that it's such a, like a strong word and it well, kind of like, and, like feel defeated. That they can, like the kids could like feel defeated if you're just like, oh no, like that's not how that works. It's like, like improv, like right? It's how yeah. improv classes work where you do different exercises and it's the yeah. next exercise. You remember yeah it. like the yes and like the and whole add on to it so you yeah die essentially that's exactly how it is you really have to work on your feet on that job it's like making sure everything is in line and everybody has their things and on the opposite side too um i would host gigs too so for mascot characters who can't talk i would have to talk for them um and be like oh chase from paw patrol um wants you to dance and we're gonna play why or we're gonna do the ymca dance and stuff like that so mascot parties were easy to navigate because it was only half an hour and it would go by so quickly but you would have to map everything out beforehand so it was like okay so for the first five minutes we'll do oh hellos all this stuff then the next 10 minutes we'll do pictures and then we'll do um a few dancing games and then we'll do cake and we'll go but that's me for 30 minutes, completely navigating both the kids, the mascot, and the parents. Like, everybody in the room is listening to Are me. Parents, and parents, like, drunk all the time? That would be me. <laughs> there were some parties where there were really drunk parents. Yeah. And there was one party where I got a flat tire. I was, I was hosting a Moana gig, and it was maybe 20 degrees outside. So I told Moana, I said, okay, go in the car. I'll heat up the car. I had a flat tire. So I had to go inside 
And the parents are like, I can't operate a car right now. Oh no, my car died. So that's what they were like, I can't operate a car right now. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't have to drive the car. My car is right behind yours. Can we just, you know, do the whole battery thing? Let's make this, let's make it work again. He was like, I can't do that. What do you think I am? I was like, okay. (laughs) I was like, whatever. But yeah, you, it's like crazy. Um, There is one house that we did pretty often like they always had parties with us um they were the I think they were Russian and they were so they were so kind and so amazing but very like out there and very very fun to be around um and they would always just make the experience so funny and like I think one time I was playing bell at that party it was either bell or cinderella and they're like sit down just sit down sit down over there we'll have them come to you I was like no but we have to go do they're like no 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 no, 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 we'll do that. I was like, okay, okay, I'm just gonna sit. <laughs> I was like, I was gonna sit. They were just, they were so awesome to work with. They always had us over their house. It was so nice. Um, is a prerequisite to that type of job is knowing the, the background and history of whatever character you're playing, specifically like Disney princess characters? Yeah, so you're, you should have like some understanding of it. But there are always new characters. Like when Elena of Avalor came out, it was like, okay, we're going to just study this character and see how she works and see how um, she is. That prerequisite was to be able to play the guitar oh. for Elena. Because she, in the show, is like, plays her guitar and she speaks Spanish. So we only have like two people who, who are friends with or play <laughs> Elena because they speak Spanish or and or play the guitar because um, it's a huge thing um, when I was Sophia the first I knew nothing about Sophia the first so I watched like the first season of that show by myself like as a 20 year old being mm-hmm. like okay like let's watch Sophia the first <laughs> and thank god I did because I remember the the kiddo and I was like reading the wikipedia page like disney.com like all that stuff I remember the the kid one of the kiddos was like oh where are these five characters and I was like think Dana think I was like who are these characters oh that's the rabbit and the horse and the whoever that's the brother and that's the sister and because Sophia has like a weird not a weird background but like she was a village girl who was adopted by the royals and so she's trying to like work her way in the castle and learn magic and stuff like that. So I had to know her whole family tree. I had to know all the characters she she had, her pets, her not pets, <laughs> like all the animals in the garden. It, that was a tough one because I was like going into it completely blind. So I guess, yeah, you should know at least the background for the main princesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily enough, like the, the all the princesses, those are the movies that we all grew up with. Um, but then of course you have like the Disney characters who are like Sophia and Elena. Like, I don't know right. anything about those I, people. Like the, the interest of princesses have shifted like to modern ones, obviously. Yeah. Whatever comes out, so. Definitely. Um, yeah, when I started babysitting um, Charlotte, the kiddo I watched for the last three and a half years, um I got her into Sophia and she loves it now and now we talk about it as if like we know her personally because like she knows <laughs> so much about Sophia and I know so much about Sophia now like in my memory bank I'm like oh yeah that rabbit oh yeah I love him like 
<laughs> very casually. Um, do you remember the Disney Pixar bracket? Which <sighs> one was your winner? I Just think relevant to mine was Ratatouille. Of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good movie. How about Ratatouille the Musical? Oh my god, I know, right? Isn't that crazy? Iconic. Um, I think mine was either Monsters Inc. or Coco. I want to say, um, which makes sense. Um, makes sense. Those Coco. are great movies. Yeah, Coco is such a phenomenal. I have a I have a six month hiatus from Coco every time I watch it. I can only watch it once every six months because it's really emotional. It's, it's really emotionally disturbing. And it's, <laughs> I think it's just because like, there is so many factors of that movie that hit home. And the fact that like, even if they don't hit home for people, it's still so emotional. I'm just like, yeah, we're going to need to take a six month break. from. Well, that. I feel like, especially Pixar. Well, I don't know, but they're really... <laughs> in on these like real life adult yeah. topics and discussions for these kids to watch but I also said Definitely. that because all a lot of like the people who are genuine fans of Disney and Pixar are also older people because they grow up with it they're they're making yeah. it the movies more invested for I think more for the adult fans to be honest yeah that's what they were saying about soul that new the new Pixar movie I don't know if you guys saw it but um the new movie they were just saying yeah we wanted to make this for adults and for kids but this is a topic that I think adults really need to hear like that you still have like people who dream big and feel like oh I can't attain that or dream big and say that's not my purpose in life. That's like, they just wanted to make sure that people knew there was so much more to you than you think. Um, which is just, oh, that movie was so good too. We didn't um, watch it. We were supposed it, to. It's so good. Oh, what I didn't know that was on the bracket or on the docket it when was, I was home. When you were home. Wonder Woman remember. and Soul. <laughs> Soul is really good. And if you have the Disney Plus, um, platform you can they added this new feature i think it's so cool i don't know why but you can stream you can like create a group of six people up to six people and stream the movie at the same time on different platforms it's yeah so they cool. do that with like netflix and stuff too right yeah yeah and that's i th- I was like oh what is this like whatever and i tried it the other day i watched wandavision through that platform and i was like wow this is really cool i don't know why it's so cool to me i feel like a little nerd like wow or like an adult like being like really <laughs> invested in little things <laughs> but i mean yeah that's really a good, good feature can you know in this time especially yeah for sure especially for like new movies like soul that were supposed to come out in theaters and you were supposed to experience it with other people did like, you watch wonder woman in theaters yeah we ended up How renting out we ended up renting out the um like an auditorium my family and i and we all went um, it was really nice. I've, I've been a part of the, the movie club thing for a while. So I kept getting these messages just like, hey, we're open if you want to come. Um, they're not charging me because of COVID, which is nice. So they just keep giving me like wow. rewards when they're just like, take this $10 off and take this. Like, just please come to our theater. <laughs> um, so we ended up just going to rent out the theater or rent out the auditorium um, and seeing it 
it was weird because there was nobody else in there except for us. Like we could talk, we could like answer a phone call if we wanted to, um, or like answer a text or something. But um, it was really cool. Like it was an enjoyable experience because of that, I think, like the intimacy of it. And you get to see this action packed movie on the screen and they make sure everything is sanitized. Like their sanitizing cart is like, twice the size as like the janitors from high school like those like had those like sanitizing trolleys like yeah. <laughs> they had one with huge and they were just like this huge bottle of like disinfectant and they just made sure that everybody was safe which was nice um but yeah and they're putting chick-fil-a next to it so i know i know it's gonna be so crazy which, side note i don't know why they put it on that side instead of putting it in the back but whatever it's gonna be so busy over there and in my development now um they're because they're opening up the chick-fil-a and then they're thinking about putting a costco gas station where the bertucci's is so we're like we're screwed (laughs) hopefully at that point when all this is done like we'll be okay here and just like not need to go anywhere Uh, the new star drive through Starbucks and then the traffic we've gone and the traffic's already been like crazy. It's crazy. That line is always so long. We went, well, Keith and I went once at like a good hour, I guess, like their off hour. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was, it was, I mean, it was cool. But, yeah, but the tra- like the whole traffic design just for the drive through is a mess, but it, it totally is. And now they put that Wonderland smoke shop right next to it. Yeah. Which I was like, whose idea was that? Like, <laughs> Not only do the two not really work hand in hand, but the traffic pattern is like so strange. Awful. So, so weird. Anyways, moving off from that. Yeah, um, <laughs> moving off of traffic patterns. Moving off of traffic patterns. <laughs> so interesting. Been, well, to be honest, I've been very invested in traffic patterns because they changed the one here at Target, too. And I refuse to go on it. Talk about it. I refuse. I'm ready to write a letter. I'm ready to be like, like with my chalk and paint, like change the traffic pattern. It is so inconvenient. I I don't go on it anymore. I I feel like, so for me, since I've been to multiple different states, I feel like New Jersey just makes traffic difficult for no reason. (laughs) Literally, no reason at all. (laughs) I mean, U-turns, which are drug handles. Yeah. so bad it's so yes bad. i've been on my traffic pattern game and it's <laughs> all been that. pissing me off i get that the jug handle by my house to go straight into my house off of 35 um i'm ready to put paint there too and make it two lanes because so many people clog up that that jug handle because they don't realize it's supposed to be two lanes. Like the leftmost part of that jug handle, you're supposed to go into the left lane and the right one, the right lane. People just don't get it. But adulting, we love traffic patterns. Yeah, right. What are what a riveting conversation. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned working with MuggleNet and you've been working with them a couple to- uh, for a long time, a couple years now. Yeah. Um, talk about, is it an internship? Is it a job? Talk about, um, getting it your first job or or thing you were assigned just talk about the whole experience all right so i found out about it um through because I've, I've been a follower of theirs for ever it's st- the website started in 1999 
what what um, is the website for people who don't know it's mugglenet.com it is a an all harry potter wizarding world resource we do news we have like quizzes on there it's like just where you go for all things wizarding world um we have instagram and facebook and twitter and tiktok now is our new adventure um pinterest we have um which we're trying to build up um but i found out about an internship through instagram mm -hmm. and i was like yeah okay i might as well do it like i could just put an internship on my resume like whatever it was it was for social media promotion i think which i have no intentions of going into social media promotion but i was like i want to work for this site so let's do it um and i was on the instagram team and maybe i started december 2018 i want to say was when my internship was give was like given to me um and then i guess six months go by maybe a little bit longer, maybe eight months, I get offered a full-time position. Um, it's all volunteer work, but you there are opportunities to get paid. Um, but yeah, just social media promotion for Instagram. And then recently in September, I got promoted to assistant manager of social media engagement. So now Ooh, I oversee, fancy. yeah, now I oversee all social media except for TikTok, Damn, that's, that's it. I don't oversee I TikTok. Love TikTok. I know I love TikTok too. I I was I've been a part of a couple of the MuggleNet TikToks, but not like invested in. Okay, let's actually post here. We I think we only have one person who posts and does everything for TikTok. Um, and then we'll ask like, oh, can we have ten people to do a message or something? Um, but yeah, so I oversee you know, who posts to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And yeah, so that's, I've, I've, I've written a couple of, actually maybe a handful of articles. Um, I did the Comic-Con for 2019. That I did a few like overview articles and then the one for Cursed Child. And I think I did one for another one. There was like a Percy Jackson panel that was talking about storytelling and, and how fantasy storytelling works. Um, I did a couple of articles for reviews. Um, when you get promoted, they give you a review opportunity. They'll send you something for free. Like the, a company who makes Wizarding World stuff will send you something for free for you to review. Um, and that happens when you get promoted. So I think my first, when I got offered the full-time position, I got a board game. <laughs> I got a board game. Yeah, it, it's, it's such a cool board game. I haven't played it in a while, but um, I got that. And then my second promotion, I got a Christmas set. It was like a little shop, like a Harry Potter shop that is covered in snow and it lights up and it has like Harry, Hermione, and Ron. Um, that's really cute. Um, Are those like those little town, like Christmas town? Yeah, exactly. And the company makes a bunch of them, but they just sent me like the joke shop. And I was like, cool, I wanted this one anyway. I love those things so <laughs> much. They're so cute. I know. And the lighting is just like, when you turn it on, it just feels so Christmassy. And I'm like, yeah. I wish I could have this around year, like year round. Um, and then my third promotion, I got a pin from wizardingworld.com. Um, which is, you know, the the main Harry Potter 
website. They sent me a pin from there. They do like this new collection, I guess. And you, you just have to be, you, you pay annually to be a part of this membership, but then you can like pay for smaller things like pins and stuff like that. Um, they sent me one of those. So I had to review that on Instagram. Actually, I had to do a live for the first time. I had like 1500 people watching me and I was like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I was like, I don't do this. I just am behind the screen typing your messages. I've never done a live before. So that was pretty interesting. Um, and yeah, so written a, a few, a handful of articles. Um, I also went to doing the articles because I mean, you love writing. Yeah, I love writing, but something about like, I think it's just so stressful because I've been on the social media platform for so long, just typing like a small paragraph and be like, click the link in our bio, like stuff like that. So when writing a full article, there are so many things you have to make sure you do. So yeah. I guess like if you're doing that more, and I guess like, you know, if you write 200 and 500 to, I think it's 250 to 500 words. Like if you do that, like I'm used to that because of school, you know, like they say, oh, write 500 words um, about X, Y, Z. But for some reason, this is just so stressful. It's like, you have to do five pictures at this specific format in this specific saved document. And it's just, I always feel like I'm doing something wrong. I usually do, because I'm not used to it, but <laughs> it's usually like, like how many pixels the picture is like i always get that wrong i'm like how do i even like i i love photography and like filmography and i understand pixels but like how do i change that like if they're like oh change it to 2020 pixels or something i'm like okay can you just do it <laughs> like i don't know how to can you do it for me thanks would you consider yourself a perfectionist then absolutely i'm a perfectionist <laughs> at everything it's bad it's not good it's um, not good. so i have a question since you're a big harry potter fan what do you feel about the supposed rumors of this potential harry potter series coming out yeah so it's been blowing up actually in our we have like a muggle net chat of all the leaders and everybody hates the idea i'm like open to it like i'm i'll probably watch it i think there's a lot that can go wrong but hbo is just so good with show making like i if anybody was to make it i would trust hbo right so i'm open to it i think i'm way more excited for the video game than anything <laughs> <laughs> but the show i mean i think it just depends i think they could have done like a marauders show with like you know the big four and and expanded on their lives at Hogwarts. I'm hoping they're not gonna do like a Harry, Ron and Hermione. Cause we always, like we already have a Harry, Ron and Hermione and they're over it. Like they're like, we're done with Harry Potter. Like we closed that chapter in our lives. Um, except for Rupert Grant loves being Ron. And I guess Daniel Radcliffe loves being Harry too. But I don't know. I feel like there's so much that can go wrong. But if I were to trust the network to produce it, it would be HBO. I feel like there right. could be a little right there could be a little bit of but good i there. feel like that's the mindset with any fan with any new show yeah it's very like yeah no agree behind it they're very like we want it this way yeah and, and only this way. way we don't want it at all <laughs> exactly 
I think that's too like I don't know. People in 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 our chat have been saying that they should ask you know the fans to submit ideas. Like that's what they did for Star Trek a few years ago. Um, they asked the maybe not even a few years ago, maybe a long time ago. I don't remember the timeline of it. But they asked fans to submit their ideas and scripts and stuff, and they picked two fans to write the whole series. Um, and they did everything right. I don't watch Star Trek, so I don't really know what right is in their mind. You're not a Trekkie? I'm not a Trekkie. I'm a, I'm a Warsy. I'm a Star Wars person. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I think that there's a lot there. Like, I'm going to give it a shot. There's no, right. there's no harm in me like not, like totally canceling it. Like right. I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. Yeah, I was talking the other day, um, and my husband and I were talking, and we were talking about, you know, because we're big fans of the Avatar series, the animated oh, series and stuff. Here she goes. And no, here she goes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about, you know, how much we would love a video game. But here's our thing, because Star Wars is making a video game with Ubisoft, you know, that open world game, which Ubisoft mm -hmm. is great with open world. I mean, they made all the Assassin's Creed games and stuff like that. We were saying that we don't necessarily want a video game that has the main characters on it, because you already know what happens, you know, with their storylines and stuff. And they have the Lego ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying... Like, for Harry Potter, just like anything else that already has a developed story, you already know what happened, you know, with those characters right. and stuff. You want to, like, explore different realms or different storylines in that specific universe to not only draw in a new crowd, but also bring fans and, you know, pique their interest again. Because you don't want to hear, you know, Harry did this for, like, the tenth time or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> but if you do use those characters, it would have to be, like, a different timeline than people already know. Like, they already know what happens Absolutely. when they're at school, you know? Yeah. So. And that's why I think the, the idea of Fantastic Beasts was so cool. It was like, mm -hmm. okay, we're seeing a totally new side of the Wizarding World. We're getting a totally new region, like, area. They're in New York. And it's in the 20s, and there are all these new characters that are developed. I mean, whether or not, you know, people like the second one or the new one that's coming out and all that stuff that's happening there. It was such a nice um, change, I guess. Because even the Fantastic Beasts book was just, like, supposed to be a textbook of all these different beasts. But then they turned it into a totally new series. Um, and I think you're completely right in saying... If you do the same characters, we don't want to see what happens ten times. Like, we don't want to find out that Harry's a Horcrux. We know that. Like, <laughs> like we know that information. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Totally. And I think, <laughs> I think that's a fun thing about the the new video game that's coming out. It's set in the 1800s, the late 1800s, in the Wizarding World in Hogwarts. But you're creating your own story. Right. Like you're right. choosing your path if you want to be a death eater or whatever they were called at that time um and you're just choosing your own path so i think that's really important but an avatar game i will sign up for that in a heartbeat <laughs> i would love that what um nation are you 
or I always bounced. I always bounced. I always feel like I should be in the Fire Nation, but the Water Nation just calls to me. I don't know why. (laughs) Well, you're Pisces. Oh, that's true. This is true. Also, it's just, I don't know. Katara is just really cool. (laughs) (laughs) The whole Water Nation is just really cool. What are you, D? I would definitely be Earth. Earth. Right? Mm, Yeah. I took one of those BuzzFeed quizzes. It said I was the Avatar, so... <gasps> wow! Oh my gosh, I'm honored to be talking to the Avatar right now. <laughs> I feel like I could do anything. It depends on my mood. <laughs> Bingo! That is the Avatar <laughs> attitude. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, are you really big into video games? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself, like, a super gamer. But I yeah, do yeah. love keeping up with the new games. And when I was a kid, I was, like, constantly on the GameCube Have and you been PlayStation 2. any since quarantine? Because that's something that I picked up again was playing video games. Playing video games, yeah. I just got um, Uncooked 2 on the Switch, which is just, like, this kind of Diner Dash game. Um, that's a fun one. Very stressful. That's a fun one. Um, Assassin's Creed, of course. Which one? Oh, did you get the new one? No, I've actually been playing the ones I've missed as a prerequisite to Valhalla. Valhalla. Um, I'm doing Origins right now. Nice. Danielle did Odyssey while she was home because I have both. I have, like, all of them. Yeah, that's the one I think I'm on now is Odyssey. I've been playing so much of them, I think Odyssey is the one that... (laughs) I think that's yeah. the one I'm on in now. Greece, the one in Greece? Yes, yes, that's the one I'm on. Yeah, that one's a cool one. I really like that one. Um, yeah, into those Origins, yeah, I haven't played Origins in like a million years. I highly recommend. I say it's better than Odyssey, right, D? <laughs> uh, it depends on your opinion <laughs> and personal preference. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. Okay, a little quick oh, bit. God. Origins is more of an actual assassin story, you know, mm-hmm. like you're actually acting as an assassin, where Odyssey is just, I think, you know, like background info of, you know, why someone would be an assassin, and it just, you know, it sets up the whole uh, Order of the Agents slash Templar, like why people would do it. Yeah. Also, it's just a beautiful game. Right. Yeah. The scenery is just so. I'm a sucker for a story because you know <laughs> writers love a good story. But I just I love that that background. Like, okay, but why? Because I always want to know the why to things. Like, I don't know. Like Harley Quinn. Why did she change <laughs> from being a super successful therapist to a psycho like psychotic bad. acrobat? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and she, yeah, I, I can just go into that story a whole lot, but no, I completely agree. Like origins definitely has the actual assassin part of Assassin's Creed, which people obviously look for. Um, but Odyssey just has beauty to it. And mm-hmm. the story is just really cool. The story is great. <laughs> yeah. I really just enjoy it a lot. Speaking of story, good segue guys. <laughs> Let's we talk about it. your book. Okay. My Why book. are you saying it like that? It's great. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I didn't really do much with it. I wrote it. I published it. It sold out of Barnes & Noble in the well, store. Okay. Hold, hold, hold on. Time out. <laughs> Let me get in. Because I, I have it. 
<laughs> That's I have the book. Think... And you signed the book. I did sign it. Okay, so her poetry book is Life's Sinisters, Sinister Spells and Other Magic that came out two years ago? You published it two years ago? Time is confusing. I think it was two years. It had to have been 2018. Something mm. like that. Two-ish years um, ago. Um, what year is it? What what day is it today? <laughs> Whatever, but yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I keep writing 2020 on all of my stuff still. Me too. It's fair. It's January. You know, it's fair. Yeah. Um, it's when May rolls around and you're like, oh, why am I still doing this? <laughs> very true. Um, I want to talk about it because... It's really awesome. Congratulations on publishing it, because that's hella cool just to begin with. But, um, well, yeah. let me let me go back. Poetry, right? Yeah. And you've talked multiple times in uh, the podcast and interview that you're a writer and you like writing. What was it spe- like about poetry specifically? Because there's so many different types of writing that yeah. uh, interested you and fascinated you to start getting into it. So I have always been a fiction writer, always been writing about characters who are similar to myself, who have different storylines and stuff. But I was in such a dark place where I would just take out a piece of paper and just write down how I was feeling in some different way. And then it just became like poetry. It was actually just how it came to me also. Like I I always have thought very poetically and very like, dramatically I guess you can say (laughs) um but poetry because I went away to college um for those who don't know I went away to college before I was a commuter um and yeah and I hated it I just I missed home I never was a person to go away to camp or go away to even like spend the night at like I would spend the night at like my grandma's house when I was a kid, but it would be me and all of my cousins. So I was never really- But it was comfortable. Yeah, and I was never really like alone in those situations. And even when I was like, there, I remember there was this one night when I was a kid, I was I slept over my aunt's house and I was alone. And I was like, I hate this. <laughs> but I always felt like I had to go away to college because nobody in my family had stayed home and been a commuter. So I always felt like I just had to go away. That was the only choice. Um, I knew I didn't want to, but something was like, I have no choice. Um, so I went well, away. Sorry to intervene. Oh, yeah. I agree. Cause I mean, I had the same thing where when it came time for me to transfer, because I started at community college, I, everybody was telling me to go away. Yeah. You need to go away. You need to have the college experience. Right. Yeah. What, Total what quotes is. around the college experience. <laughs> Whatever that is. And I found that I, and I told you, I had got to the point where I was going to go away. I had gotten into a school in Pennsylvania. I was going to go away. I put all the cards in and then don't transfer schools during a pandemic one. It's difficult. Um, But no, like once I had like, like nobody would get back to me about scheduling. I didn't know what the heck was, what was going on mind you like it was the beginning of the pandemic so i'm sure everybody was figuring out their ish right so i give them that but i'm like maybe this is a sign that i shouldn't go away because deep down inside i ultimately do not want to go away yeah because there is a benefit and a comfortability of one being home but two i found that 
I feel like I was leaving my, I was going to leave my life and kind of wasted away at school because right. I'm at home, I'm working, I'm also going to school. Like I'm maintaining a responsibility and a schedule. Um, and if I went away, I'm just kind of blowing that off and spending so much money. Right. But when I was applying to Rutgers, they asked, why did you apply to Rutgers? And I said, because I was told by everybody that I have to gain this college experience and that just meant going away to school. But in reality, those are other people's college, colleges experiences. That's not mine. Right. Yeah. And it really does differ between people. And I think that's what a lot of high schoolers need to know. Like every time somebody asks me like, Oh, what was it like applying to colleges? I'm like, just do what you want to do. Like, just don't listen to anybody. I think that's something so important that like the younger crowd I mean we're not so much older obviously but I think when they have and it's so hard school they'll have people because at our school they had college students come back to talk to the high schoolers they didn't have any community college kids there exactly it was all people who went away and I I had signed up for that and I was ready to talk about me transitioning from Montclair to Monmouth but then there was a huge snowstorm and they canceled the whole thing I was like damn I was like I was really ready to tell these kids like do what you want to do. <laughs> like, yeah. like, don't do what people tell you is the college. Like, there's such a, I guess, a definition to college of being like, oh, yeah, you got to go away and you got to party and you got to have those nights when you're so sick to your stomach that you can't even wake up the next day. But it's like, no, like, that's not for everybody. <laughs> and like, I don't know, like, my college experience will totally differ from everybody's yours will and Danielle's yours will, you know, like, it's just everybody has a different experience, but you just got to do what you want to do. So it's just like, that's so important to tell people. Yeah, because in your book, you you talk about it a lot. Yeah. And I was also having such a hard time because I was in was in school, the relationships around me, like my own with John, the boy, um and (laughs) John and every like just uh, things were like just withering away because I felt myself like I felt so down within myself but everybody else like John and other people and he will attest to this too like I guess just didn't understand that and I was like also not having the best like attitude towards things and I was just completely alone and just felt so down and that's when the whole poetry thing really kicked off and I was just writing nonstop um, notebooks full of poetry and then transitioning back it was a hard it wasn't like a terrible transition Monmouth was really great about it but just transitioning back like finding a job and like doing things like that learning the commuting lifestyle and then um, a good friend of mine was arrested and then weeks later a sister figure of mine passed away so it was just like a lot of this crazy emotion in such a short amount of time and that's when I just literally nonstop was like, boom, 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 writing, writing, writing. Um, so and I didn't even realize. Recently then. Yeah, poetry was a complete, I hated poetry. Because I, I, what we learned in, in high school and middle school was like Thoreau and like all these poets who were just like, I don't want to do this. And we were forced to do like poetry out loud. And I just had such a bad, I guess, thought about poetry like it was just like such a negative connotation because the way that we learned about poetry was so um different from the poetry that I wrote 
Um, and I didn't learn about that type of poetry because I just thought I was like writing sentences. And then I started reading poetry books and starting to gain an understanding that there's so many different types of poetry out there um, where I was like, I am writing poetry and I could successfully, you know, publish this one day. Um, and I didn't realize until I looked in my notebook that I had like 120 different poems. Yeah. Um, and that's when I just started putting them together and I asked Catherine to illustrate it and just kind of put it out. Well, <laughs> you, you give, you bring up a good point because when I think of poetry or when a lot of people think of poetry, poetry is something that can be very, um, it can differ from perception depending on who's reading it because it can be, it's like scripture in a lot of ways where it's interpreted differently from different yeah. people. But I, I, when I, I read your, when I got your book the first time I read it and I loved it because I was hella excited for you. But the second time reading it, I actually was like paying it that, that I wasn't paying attention, but I was paying <laughs> what you were saying and the way that you were writing your poetry for real was a lot like how, um, musical artists write lyrics like it's very it's, right. it coincides with lyricism where you are very much telling your story and t talking about different topics like heartbreak and yeah. love and feeling alone and grief in ways in poetry that are have that pointed emotion where it's very universal and people can understand what they're reading so right and I think too like, <laughs> thank you um I think too like a lot of like every poem is obviously like if you put one in front of me I'd be like oh yeah that this is the story behind it and this is how I was feeling at that point writing it um but I wanted it to be like you said universal where if somebody picked it up who I didn't know who didn't know what I was going through they could relate to it in some way yeah. Like, yeah, of course, like there are poems and or yeah, there are poems in there that are illustrated to my experiences, like when my friend was arrested and, you know, the newspapers, it looks like the newspapers are flying away because that was a very intense point of my life where I was constantly on the news and constantly looking at like I would go into Gems or Bagel store and see his face on the front cover and be like, oh, my God, like I grew up with that person and that was heartbreaking. Um, so of course, like that poem with that illustration tells a very specific story, but if somebody else were to read it, they could be like, oh, I know how you feel kind of yeah. thing, you know, like I wanted to make it very universal and that's really why I published it anyway. Like I'm not looking for any type of income from it. And that's why I don't really, um, promote my book so much. I'm like, if somebody stumbles on it, that's going to be great. But I did it for myself as like closure and also for anybody else who picks it up and is like, this is helping me, which is like, I've had a few people in, in Barnes and Noble come up to me and be like, oh my God, like this was beautiful. I'm like, thank you. Um, JJ actually being one of them who we graduated with. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, I went away with him. Um, I went away with JJ a few months ago, not a few months ago, oh my God, it's January. Over the summer we went away um with like a bunch of people and Catherine still talks to him too so she was telling him about it and he bought it and he's just like he just tells people to buy it now he's like oh if you have a chance just buy this book it's so good I'm like oh it my is. god JJ <laughs> no, it, it is I mean I agree it is really good because as somebody who 
knows a lot about specific yeah. and like in the book you you do paint a very good picture of making it broad enough to people to understand but also um you're writing it's pointed enough where the interpretation from other people they don't have to they know what's happening and it's easy yeah to really, um thank you so you you mentioned Catherine working on the illustration with with you yeah what was that like how much say did you have in the in certain pictures that coincided with your work like how much involvement did you have specifically in choosing what illustrations you wanted in the book yeah so a lot we worked hours and hours on end days at a time um mapping out what it was that I wanted um like the vision I had I would give her certain authors like Shel Silverstein for example um those very sketched out pictures that are very specific like I just fall in love with that kind of artistry and like even those as like tattoos are great um I just love that kind of like sketched out look um and that's the kind of look I wanted for my book too like because obviously the emotions are all over the place so I want the pictures to kind of represent that um but we worked I printed out like two copies of the book just like on printer paper we would go to staples and then we would um organize them it was like hours and hours in like Barnes and Noble Bell Works and even Brookdale too like I would meet her at the school and be like we're doing this now (laughs) like I would come home from Monmouth and I would just meet her at the school and be like boom let's work on this right now um but we would like organize it in a way and she would take the pages home and she would make like two or three different drawings and be like I love this one um but most of them she just completely nailed on the head like there were probably a handful where I was like oh maybe we can like change this or do something with that but um she just like completely nailed it on the head with what I wanted um and we both think very similarly too um we've been friends for so long where it was like we just know each other so well um so she knew like pretty much exactly what I wanted but I remember the first picture she handed back to me was for a poem about my grandfather who my cousins and I were very close with and he passed away a long time ago but I was like you know for his memory I'm gonna write something because you know we do miss him all this stuff and I remember her she asked me for a picture of him and I. So I gave her this picture of me like as this little baby and him holding me and she drew it and gave it back to me. And I was like, oh my God, like I teared up because it was so like perfect and it just encapsulated that moment so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just how she did it for the rest of the the rest of the books. And there were two like, you know, the ones about you know, like total loss and total heartbreak and stuff like that, where I was like, this is how I was feeling in this moment. And here's some things that I want in this drawing. And she would just do it perfectly. And I was like, great, (laughs) that's it. And there was, there's, there's a couple that her and I really love so much from that book. One being um, a demon kind of like in half with the knife going through. That's my Um, favorite one. Oh my God, It's oh, she did such a great job with that one. My favorite one. Such a great job. And I remember too, um, I think a couple illustrations before that one or a couple after, um, 
there's one of a demon kind of being sucked back into a book and that's supposed to represent like my closure like this book is the closure and everything like that and I told her I was like I was like I have my demons and this is what it's supposed to represent and all this stuff she came back with that picture and I was like that's exactly what I wanted (laughs) and it was just it was really great and we both had a lot of say in it but I trusted her entirely I was like you know what like this is your creative freedom as much as it is mine if I don't like something then I'm just going to be honest with you and she really nailed it on the head like she really just did did. we were thinking about doing a spoiler alert a second edition of the book yeah we were thinking about doing a second edition of the book because there are a couple of typos that my perfectionist self was like Dana why didn't you see those (laughs) because I went through and edited it like so many times and there are a couple of things that I just want to change and there are a couple of things where um, the feelings have changed and the moments have changed because at that time, like going back to my friend who was arrested, um, we didn't know if we were ever going to see him again because his yeah. it, everything was just so, so bad at that point. We didn't know. I published the book and six months later, we find out he's only going to be in there for like another year or so. So I was like, okay, like, I guess in his respect and in my own brain like I don't feel that way anymore like I wrote I wrote letters at the end of the book um because I always express my emotions through letters as well um and that's just a way of like getting thoughts out on a page like I don't know it's like writing a letter to somebody but not actually sending it um is like a really big thing that I do um more powerful when you send them trust me (laughs) yeah (laughs) tea Oh my God, TBT. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like the emotions in there. I'm like, I don't really feel those. And he's read the book. He knows everything. And his family has read the book. They know everything. But I'm just like, I don't know. I just don't well, I mean, feel that, that way I think you're, But I think you should keep it in only because you can look back and say, this was a, this specific period yeah. in my life. And this is how I felt. Because you know, when you grow up, you you feel different things towards different people or different opinions on stuff. So, yeah. I mean, you should just write a second one. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about it, but I, I have, like, my brain, I've, I've changed so much of the way I think. I'm not, like, changed so much the way I think. Like, I still think very, like, poetically and stuff, but actually writing, like, I think I was in such a low point of my life where I was, like, writing just constantly and now I'm like constantly writing like stories and like fictional stories and stuff like that and kind of portraying my emotions within a fictional character um but I'm like it'll probably take me like years to actually write like poetry again like that way like so raw so emotional um but I know Catherine wants to change the cover of of the first book so I was like maybe we'll start there I don't know why she wants to change it but I'm like you know what if she wants to change it, we could do like a second edition, well, like a darker <laughs> edition, like a anniversary. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Like an anniversary where it's like a darker like cover and like something like that. But yeah. Um, one thing I want to ask you is using not your real name and an alias name or a stage name for your writing. Did you find that that helped you in any way to get your emotions out? Yeah, definitely. I think um, a lot of people didn't know what I was going through because I feel like I've always felt like 
if I tell people how I'm really feeling and how sad I am and how distressed I am, I'm bothering them. And I always felt that way. Oh, same. When I was, when I was a kid, like I just, I was like, I always felt like I had to be the strong one for the family. Like going, I mean, you know this, Kim, but a a million people in my, not a million, that's a dramatic statement. But a lot of people have died in my life and I just kind of like built this wall up where I would go to uh, go to funerals and just try to be the strong one. Like try not to cry, try to be the strong one for my dad or my mom or my brother and stuff like that. Um, And publishing under an alias just felt so much safer. I was like, if my like, I, I remember having the thought of like, if somebody I wrote about in this book found this book on a shelf, I don't want them to know that I wrote it. And I don't want them. That's why I used a lot of different names in the book as well. Right. So I changed a lot of things. I, I mean, those people are, all though. know who they are. Those I people, know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> and those people know exactly who they are too. Like, good. They, they should know. They they, they don't know why I named them. Why I named them, but I have reasons in my head. <laughs> um. But it just felt so much safer. But the second I pressed publish and the second that I received my copy I was like you stupid idiot I was like you should be proud of what you wrote and you should be proud of what you did and like who cares what they have to say kind of thing like if somebody I wrote about in this book finds it off the shelf like yeah you're in a book and I wrote about you like (laughs) like, it should have been more of a pride thing um and I actually on Amazon and Barnes and Noble it does say I think it says by Dana Katarina parentheses Skyro um now because I was like you know what this is like I'm so proud of that That's the OG so the OG <laughs> I remember when it came out it was crazy yeah it was it was such a weird feeling because I I have always dreamt of being published in some way but I would have never thought that this would be how it is published I was pumped <laughs> I remember I was like oh my god <laughs> yeah, I was like of course like of course like what the hell yeah no thank you but yeah it was definitely definitely a weird but exciting experience for me and I think if I could like slap myself on the head and be like just publish it under your name like then it would have been like perfect um yeah but that's all the lessons in life that you're going to learn yeah and I was like you know what I have this this alias now I guess like sure and now like the the versions that were in Barnes and Noble um, I used to work at Barnes and Noble, which is why they were actually in the store. Um, and I'm like tight with the manager still. So she was like, Hey, sign these. And we'll put a signed edition sticker on them. I was like, okay. And I think I signed them Dana Katarina parentheses Skyro as well. Cause I was just like, what the hell? Why not? Like, this is such a prideful moment. Like this is my home Barnes and Noble store. I want people from high school to see like, Oh shit, she did that. Or like, I want, like, I don't know, it's just a, such, like, a prideful thing. Like, I'm, I'm proud of it, and I'm not proud of... I'm, like, proud that something, quote, beautiful came out of something so brutal, I guess, if you could say. I feel like... But that always happens, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, and it's something I keep relearning, too. It's something that I keep being like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> the, the tough, like tough lessons in in life always lead to something yeah always lead to something good you learn you learn lessons through 
hardships the most. Yeah, definitely. It's the light at the end of the tunnel type of scenario. Definitely, yeah. For sure. Okay, so for people that are interested in actually publishing, like, a piece of their work, what were the steps you had to go through, you know, after writing to get your poetry book published? Yeah, so um, I self-published on both Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Um, I did Amazon because that was, like, after doing a lot of research, that was the website that you can gain the most revenue from. Um, in case it did, you know, become a career path of mine, rather than a hobby or something that I just wanted to like put out there. I was like, okay, if anything, then they're because like other sites were like, we're going to take 70% of your book. And you can take 30. And I was like, this is my baby. I was like, I don't, I don't want to give you 70% of the rights of my book. But Amazon was really great about it. Um, I think the website was Kindle Direct Publishing. Um, and you can self-publish on there. Everything is very simple, step-by-step, just like information about you, your book, uh, how much you want to sell it for. And um, I guess like write your own summary and put your cover here. And they give you every guide that you need to, which was also really nice about Kindle and um, Amazon's publishing system was that they walked you through the whole process. So it felt like more like applying to college than it did like publishing a book, like something where you just fill out all this information about yourself and talk a little bit about yourself and have a cover and stuff like that. They were really great about putting you in a comfortable position. Um, And once I think it's you just submit it and then somebody takes a look at it just quickly, making sure everything's good. They send you an author copy of like, not for resale, but this is what your book is going to look like, which was so crazy getting that package. I was like, oh, what's this? I opened it up. I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is my book. And it was such an emotional experience. Um, As far as I remember, Barnes and Noble was also a very similar thing. They do take a little bit more, but I think publishing with Barnes and Noble is just a smart idea because it's a, one, it's like an actual bookstore. Right. Um, And I don't know. I think just supporting bookstores is like my number one mantra. (laughs) Like if you can buy a book from a bookstore rather than Amazon, like Jeff Bezos has enough, (laughs) but Barnes and Noble like won't be able to be around all the time, like anymore. Like I'm sure 10 years down the line when everything's completely digital, not 10 years, that seems like a little too short, but when everything's completely digital, then like we won't have Barnes and Noble anymore. Um, Or at least in the aspect that we know it as, so I trusted Barnes & Noble fully with that. Um, and plus, like, I know the manager of our local store. So I was like, if anything, then she can help me out in this in this case. But yeah, I mean, doing your research is like the number one thing. Just mm-hmm. what you want out of your book and whose hands you want to put it in. Right. Because there are also like, there were options of just getting my book printed and selling it off of Etsy, which I did think about doing too, actually recently. I was like, maybe if I do that, then I could make more out of it. But then I was like, hmm, one, I'm not really good at promoting. <laughs> like, It's funny, like social media promotion is like not my best thing for me or even my mom who has a business, but like I could do it for MuggleNet. Like, I don't know, there's there's, there's some sort of logic there. Um, well, it's weird to like promote your own things though. There's like an icky feeling about it. Yeah, and I, I definitely had a hard time with it. Like I, I had a... Um, 
an Instagram account for it, for my book and my poetry and stuff. And I would publish little things from it. And it was just very strange. It was just like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just couldn't do it. It's like when you're writing something about yourself, like when you're writing like a biography or like a small bio, like tell us about yourself. It's like, I like to um, eat. I like to, yeah, right. I like to, and you're like talking like a kindergartner. It's like, did you just learn how to write? Like, <laughs> like it was so hard. I'm like, oh, my book is out. That's it. Like, <laughs> here's where you can get it. Like, there was no excitement in that for me. And also it just felt like a responsibility that I didn't want to keep up with. And that's why I kind of put it in the hands of like the Someone universe, else. if you're going to say, because really the reason why I did it was closure for myself. Like, I really don't have any intention of like super making money off of it. Like, I just right. got a check from Barnes & Noble for $10. I'm like, okay, I'll go buy myself coffee. <laughs> like, it's it's just like, a, it's like a nice thing for me and like a, like just a nice memory for me rather than a, oh, I want to make this my career. Let's mm -hmm. just keep going with it kind of thing. You put um, it out. You put the book out not for like a greedy intention. You put it out for like closure for you and also to help other people, which yeah. you and I talk about, about it all the time. I think whenever you start a project, if you start it with good intentions, then in the long run, it will be better off than if, oh, I just want to make money off this thing or something, you know? Definitely, definitely. Um, and that's what I feel like a lot of people who do like YouTube say. It's like, mm -hmm. just do it because you enjoy it. Don't do it because you want to make money or want to live in LA and like have this huge expensive house, house. like yeah <laughs> do it for you don't do it for you know like the greedy intentions of it right right like if money does come along that's fine but just start something with like good intentions and something that you want to do rather than oh someone's telling you to do this but I think it's very smart that you pick two different avenues or two different websites to publish your book um that way, you know, just people can, if they want to, you know, go out and get the book. If it's sold at one place, they can go somewhere else. And I agree with the whole thing about bookstores. Um, I just, I think since living in the Pacific Northwest, bookstores is like a regional thing. Like in New Jersey, yeah. I think bookstores are declining. But for the Pacific Northwest, bookstores is huge. Like Portland has one of the oldest bookstores That's in the so country. Nice to hear. <laughs> That's like really nice to hear. I yeah. love that. Cause like, especially cause like, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say when I was home, I went to the bookstore, um, to buy a book and granted it just opened. It was like 10 o'clock in the morning or whatever, when they just opened and there was like no one. But then I go to Barnes and Noble here. Every time I go, it's busy. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely totally different depending mm -hmm. on where you are right um but like yeah and in, in i remember when i worked at barnes and noble they would always tell us if somebody came up to you and said why is this book so expensive here why can't i just get it off of amazon i would always say they always just would say oh just explain it to them like we benefit from you purchasing from us and if you want us to stay around then purchase from us but i remember i used to just tell people because you're dealing with real people here you're not dealing with a robot or you're not dealing with just a package. You're getting an experience here, whereas Amazon, you're just buying it and receiving it two days later. Mm -hmm. Like there's just something so special about being in a bookstore. And mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just me because I'm like a lover of books. Like I just love books and I love words and the whole nine yards, but 
I don't know. There's just something about being in a bookstore that's completely different. And mm. like, there's so much, dare I say, magic in bookstores. <laughs> <laughs> um, but is your book still up for sale if somebody would want to get it? Yeah, so you can get it on Kindle. You can get it on Amazon, um, both in the same place. You can go on Amazon and buy the Kindle version or the... Uh, I think the Kindle version's free or like a dollar, something very insignificant or insignificant. Um, but you can buy it physical copy there or um, Kindle. And then I always say like Barnes and Noble, you can get it online if you want to. It's just, again, like the, the bad part about buying it from Barnes and Noble is the shipping's like $6 or something crazy like that. <laughs> Um, which was nice having it in a bookstore because then it would allow people who are our age who can't really afford books that much or buying books like Once in a Blue Moon. Like in the bookstore, it was, you know, there and handy and you just get it there. Yeah, shipping's a bitch. It really creeps up on <laughs> That's the bad part of Amazon that it, it really just is. brainwashed us to be like, we can get it in two days for no money. Like, <laughs> that's the bad part about it. I feel like Dang I totally Amazon. went against my point of saying like, support bookstores, but like the shipping is so much money. <laughs> All right. So we're going to leave it with this last question. Okay. What are your goals for 2021? 2021 I actually created a vision board for the first time in my life I felt very I yeah like physical physical vision board I felt very like Pinteresty doing mm -hmm. it but I was like this needs to be done because I have a lot of things I want to get done in 2021 um and I just needed it all in one space like just for an organizational reason I just needed it all in one space um but I definitely want to be healthier this year um, with my whole liver scare and all that stuff happening, I was like, I definitely need to keep up with my health and like really feel good about myself, feel confident about what myself and like learn the greatness of nutrition. Like just knowing that like, this is a healthier option for me and it tastes good versus this that's like super unhealthy for me although it tastes good it's super unhealthy <laughs> and will only cause like bad things in the long run um because the whole liver thing was like really scary and like I don't drink but they were like you're on your road to liver failure and I was like oh my god yeah and it was just because I was eating so badly so that's definitely like 2021 was like oh yeah I just need to learn all the things about health and feel good about myself. I find that I have to change the mindset of food. Yeah, that's how I feel too. And also yeah. the mindset of like motivation, like cooking something versus just buying it at the store. Like, <laughs> right. But honestly, and Danielle, don't gain an ego because I said this, you should get into like lifting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, because I was getting into weightlifting or like just working like, like pumping some iron and stuff yeah. doing cardio because i would do cardio all the time and granted cardio i think is very important but like yeah. but it I feels good doing... to like lift weights okay but my thigh muscles are coming in they're getting toned <laughs> so you should do that i highly I know recommend. i have to get back into it my um my mom and i have these like like workout regimes every day um and weightlifting just like even slightly 
like just doing different things. Like yesterday I had leg day and my legs are killing me today. But I was like, I've worked places that I didn't even know existed. Like I'm feeling sore, like in my thighs that I didn't even know were part of my thighs. Like, <laughs> like I was like, this feels good though. And that's like, I think that's a fun motivational thing where it's just like, okay, you feel good now keep going. But then it's the days of course, when you're like, Ugh, I have a headache or like, Ugh, I don't want to. <laughs> um, but right. that's definitely a goal um, to write more. And also I am graduating in May, so got to start picking up on the, the job search and I applied to some internships um but they're mostly in LA so LA might be in my future of 2021 yeah. um, which is definitely different and I'm actually like really nervous about it like really nervous about it uh, but Ariel is in LA you know so yeah. I'm like, at least I'll, I'll know somebody who's there and I just I don't know I think that's probably in the future but getting a job or internship that I'm comfortable in and happy in is like the goal. Um, Disney's always the goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else is on my vision board? Um, I have a couple like cosplay ideas on there, but just cause I want to like the, want to make the costumes and like fully, like I, the first costume I ever made um that was like for a comic-con or something was the anastasia once upon a december dress and the feeling of finishing that that costume from bottom to top not so successfully but i have the skills now to make it successful <laughs> um it's just like i want that like kind of hobby and, and feeling and stuff like that because i enjoy it so much but i've never really like successfully in quotes um completed something so that's on my list but pretty much just feeling good and like being optimistic taking things day by day and so I really learned like the last three months or so of 2020 after you know the the great depression of quarantine happened <laughs> I really learned of like changing my mindset and just looking at things with a better view and like not being so emotionally attached to things like I don't know, like something would happen, I'd be so sad about it. But it really was something that's like, okay, but forget about the emotional side of it. Let's just pick up and just move on. Like, let's yeah. learn from this, like how we were talking about before, like, it's a learning experience, like, it happened, let's just keep going. And that's the kind of mindset I want for 2021. Like, if something drastic happens, and just being like, okay, but what's the next step from here? Yeah, being like more logical about it, rather than emotional about it. Because my emotions take over so much. <laughs> but I think it's just like, I just need that logical side of things. And just being like, oh, I don't really care that I dropped an ice cream cone. Like, what's the next step? Like, <laughs> things like that. Um, just having a better mindset and feeling good about myself is like completely the goal of 2021. It's a yeah. theme. We have a theme for 2021. <laughs> it's a theme. <laughs> Kim, it sounds you like guys? all your friends are leaving you. 2021? <laughs> Let's see. What are my goals in 2021? Kim. The workout food thing, I, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. I think... <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I'm kind of in the same place of you. Of like, just... I find that with every year, something fantastically crazy happens with me. Yeah. That, Word. <laughs> that, like... You tweet. Just, 
like, but it's it's you know beautiful tragedy, right? Like it it, mm-hmm. perpet- it it puts you into this point where you are now. So I think because COVID and everything that happened, I just I think I'm on the same page. Like just what I learned this year is like figuring out the people who are like genuinely there for me. Yeah, and have those people and and I think also to being more vocal about what I'm feeling and my emotions to other people yeah. because that's a big thing for me too it's it's not fair to just kind of keep quiet a lot of the time and bottle things up especially when it bothers you and you should just be honest with somebody else yeah of course so I think just working on just working on myself as well yeah. and you need people around you who like completely like completely pump you up like people who are going to like be there and be like yeah you know you can do it and not be so but like be there but like say it but also do it right know? exactly yeah like actually like yeah, yeah. <laughs> say it but they don't do it i'll say that much yeah it's it's definitely a good a good goal to have too. i mean i will say for people who are listening dane and i kind of had a lovely falling out of <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes, this uh, is our like first time like face like, to face since that not fa- Zoom to Zoom I guess. Yeah. But, but like seeing each other since that whole thing happened. I I can't even remember. I couldn't even tell you what happened. <laughs> I'm so like like this, uh, over it. This is the thing. It's like whenever I blow up on people because I've done that, like just give me <laughs> six months. I'll apologize. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I always like you know I always feel bad about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, but um, I was thinking because when I was reflecting, I was like, honestly, like as a friend who would say that they had my back, but also would do that with action, you were probably one of the only people who would do that. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. I try. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not always like the best person myself to like, you know, express my emotions and like talk about my feelings. Like, because like, like I said, Earl, like when this whole when the podcast started i am somebody who cries at everything but i don't necessarily show how i'm truly feeling like i'll cry at like you know the sickening music in game of thrones and being like so emotionally touched by how beautiful the composition of the music is but like i won't necessarily tell people like this is how i'm feeling while i'm going through this i try to put up like that strong i do the same thing. thing Yeah, it's definitely hard, but I try to try to be a good friend. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But yeah, it was, I mean, yeah. it happened. <laughs> We're here now. Yeah, like, That's all that matters. Like, yeah. it doesn't even, yeah. And honestly, like, what, especially it's funny, because I'm going to leave it at this, because I'm not going into specifics, but <laughs> when, when you, you as in me, when I get mad or complain about something somebody else is doing yeah and then that happens to me it gives a lot of perspective definitely yeah if that makes sense yeah no definitely and you're on the other side of the tracks now now it's like you're looking yeah into and then it. i text you I'm like oh my god i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> like i'm really sorry because like i was mean and now we're being mean to me <laughs> what you felt <laughs> here's the so thing kim thing that kim does she'll you know like she said she'll get mad at someone doing it to her which makes her realize she did it to someone else yeah yeah seriously (laughs) 
No, like, yeah, definitely. Shitty. <laughs> <laughs> so I apologize. <laughs> it's all good. But uh, it's it's been like so long. <laughs> I'm just like we're both in different places now. It's like whatever. And we're like, Gucci. We're, we're friends now, yeah. right? I, <laughs> yeah, but Kim. I, mean, but Kim. I have no I have no reason but to do that. Right. It's like yeah. I don't know. You know, when you asked me to do this and you were like, wow, I'm surprised you said yes. I was like, why wouldn't I? Like, I feel like I would, I would feel like guilty if I said no. You know what I mean? Like, I would have been like, oh, what is that? Like, what am I doing? That's like, like I don't know. It just, my mindset is like, just do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who cares? Like, if I said no, it would be like out of petty and I just don't have that bone in my body anymore. I'm just like, <laughs> me neither. It just goes a- away every year. It gets smaller. <laughs> it it's like the Grinch's heart. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> three sides of sneaker. Yeah, that's been my 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 thing now. It's like people show me like a a dog, like a corgi picture, and I'm like, my heart just grew three sizes bigger. <laughs> hey Kim, oh, it sounds yeah. like though, all your friends are moving away from you. Like you Ariel's mean? in L.A. Dana might move to LA. I know, my friends are going to leave me now. <laughs> we'll go to Cal- Let's go to California. I, I mean, I just might. I mean, I know. Who knows? It's, it's, it's a scary thought, but it's like something that's so necessary that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Like my, my dad was like, you're not going to California. I was like, I have- do you want me to have a successful career? Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't stay in New Jersey forever. When- although I would want to. Right. I when just, we- it's not logical. Yeah, when we interview Ariel, um, the one quote she said, which is really powerful, is that, and the reason why behind she moved and also her mom moved, was that she'd rather be struggling in a place she wanted to be than be comfortable in a place she didn't want to be. Yeah, I love her. (laughs) I know her. That is such a great quote too, and and I've been talking to her. I've like sit like I've I've talked to her forever. Obviously, we went to school with her, and after the fact, and um, her and the boy worked together. So I was constantly out over easy and seeing her and stuff. But when she moved away, it was just this dynamic of like, you know what? Like you did something that I've been wanting to do, but too afraid to do. Yeah. And she's just been like pumping me up for it. She's just been like like how you like what she said in to you guys. It's just like, why would you not do it? And if you're uncomfortable, then move back. Like yeah. there's no like permanence in every, in anything. Yeah. And I definitely, I mean, I had a point in time for school. I'm like, maybe I should, I just have to go out West and go to LA. Like I was yeah. going to Seattle and staying with Danielle. Like, you know, I remember that. It's just all about like figuring stuff out. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I end up over there either, but yeah. You can think about her. What was the the change for you, Danielle? Like, how were you feeling like moving to? I I mean, I know like the main points of you know like moving out there, but well, I I think we talked about this with Ariel. It was different for me because I had to come here for work, so I didn't have right. a choice. But um, specifically, this part of Washington's okay, but when you get past the rain and stuff to the nice parts, that's the place that we really want to be. It's just, you have to save up and stuff. But the main things for me were a, at the time I wanted to advance my career, you know, and also wanted to be back in the States because being overseas is just 
so difficult if you want to maintain relationships you already had and work right. on relationships that you want to prosper. So being in the States is easier. But one big thing for me was I wanted to, A, find a place that really fit who I was and New Jersey. New Jersey is very, you know, fast-paced, city-orientated. And I'm, I want to say laid back, but I'm more of like a country, outdoorsy, sporty type of person. Right. Um, and also to... I wanted to find a place that not only could I maintain relationships with, but also grow in my own like aspirations and stuff. So, and just for the fact that the Navy just sent me here is like, okay, let's see how it goes. Now that we've been in this specific area of Washington, we're like, all right, we don't want this rain. So we're in the process of like, (laughs) we want to fix up the house so we can rent it, you know, again, that's one area that we're working on and is like income and prospering in that end. So we want to rent this and then move to somewhere nicer in Washington, you know, but Kim and I are talk have talked about this when, because we're manifesting when this all takes off. That's exactly how I've been. I'm like, we're manifesting. When? When when this all takes off and stuff, we like, we need to find like, okay, we should get like maybe an office in both states and like do different projects and we both like well i'll commute most of the time but you know what i mean so yeah that's fun yeah so we'll all come together again manifesting it's just just a matter of time and investment and congratulations by the way oh thank you (laughs) oh i'm so i was so excited for you i saw it on facebook i was like (laughs) like that's so exciting no just we want the big wedding like the actual what like the having the fun times and stuff, but uh, I don't know. This will happen. (laughs) Eventually. I also have, um, I forgot one of my goals. It's not for 2021, but I want to renovate and live in a van and travel. (gasps) So fun. Oh my gosh. I follow this person who does that, who, well, it's like an RV. It's like a bigger space, but I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even know an RV could look like that. Yeah. Um, I it's so cool. Things. You totally should. That's so fun. I love the that. Very, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, the very Sagittarius in me. The very the very Pisces, like, two-sided, like, I want this. No, I want that. Is like, I want LA, but I also want, like, small town living in a box right. of a house, like, all this <laughs> stuff. Like, a little cottage, like, all this stuff. But I'm like, I just gotta... Because I'm, I'm a very very new jersey person very new york minded person like fast pace let's get things done like move like walking quickly even um don't go to washington yeah not here yeah probably don't not <laughs> no offense it's so it it was like a culture shock it was so slow that's so funny and that's like exactly like la obviously like the california slowed down version is going to be nice but at least i'll be in like a city area yeah. like i still get that feel but well, oh my god we went to, we went away uh we went away bef- a week before quarantine um to disney uh for yeah, my for birthday. birthday yeah and i mean i've been to florida but like my god the people in our hotel room we were like hey can we and we they couldn't even understand what we were saying we were talking so quickly <laughs> and they were like can you repeat that? We're like, oh my god, okay. And then we asked for, I think we asked for another, they only gave us one room key, but we needed two. We we figured, okay, I'll have one and, and Keith or Tanner will have one. 
Um, and it took them like 15 minutes to get it out of the sleeve <laughs> and to register it. I was like, oh my God, let's, let's chop, chop, move faster. <laughs> it's like, we don't have all day. <laughs> Did you get wasted at Disney? Um, not really like totally schwacked, but um, <laughs> there was one time in Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars world, where I had like a couple of those drinks at the cantina and I was like, like I was like chewy like like, oh my god how's it going and like blurred vision like just felt totally wonky um but then I ate so that was okay and then in Epcot um a little bit too because we didn't do the drinking around the world but we had a, a halt between countries we went back to back to the Hollywood Studios Park to go on a Star Wars ride that you had to like sign up for. You had to like queue for it. Um, but yeah, I was a little uh, shwiggity schwacked in Epcot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we are living it up. This is what 21 looks like. <laughs> Wait till you get 22, you're gonna feel so old. Oh my God, it, I know. I, it was the Happy first belated, by the way. <laughs> it was the first birthday where I was like, uh, yeah I'm, and I it's was, not even like i mean yeah it's the taylor swift year if you want to say like there's nothing to celebrate at 22 no, like, <laughs> or just, you actually won't we won't have anything to celebrate i mean we'll have our like 25th birthday i guess it's like a way to celebrate. but like we won't have another celebration until we reach like 30 30 <laughs> it just like i remember being like I, I, you know, I don't care about my birthday, but I was like, because you get, there's a point where you get excited about being older and then you don't. And now I'm yeah, like, that's that switch. Yeah. yeah. That's like the switching point, at least for me. But I have, I have reached that point where I'm like, how old am I? How old are you? How, where am I? Like getting to that point of like asking, like, what is my age? Keith and I, we, we had a conversation last night. We were laughing about it. We're both like big fans of even numbers. So like count like we're not good at math at all. Him and I are terrible at math. So we were just laughing about like, oh, adding up even numbers is so much easier than odd numbers, which is the most first world problem there is. Um, which is why we were laughing about it. But we were trying to figure out how old Keith was. And we were like, okay, if I'm 21 and you're seven years older, it was like, you know that gif or gif where the woman is just sitting there like this and all the numbers go past her. Yeah. That's how it felt. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want this. And I'm like, how old am I turning? How old am I going to be when I'm in this year? It was like ridiculous. <laughs> and we were trying to figure out too, um, my aunt and uncle just had another little baby. And we were like, oh, when we're this age, Rosie is going to be this age and blah, blah. And we were like, why, why are we doing this to ourselves? <laughs> like we're really aging ourselves. But yeah, it's crazy. I'm not looking forward to 22. I'm not really big on my birthday either. It was like Disney was the most exciting part of my birthday. Yeah, I know. Like, you it wasn't were even like, oh, I'm turning 21. It was like, oh my God, I'm Disney. You were talking about that forever too. Yeah, we've been planning it for a really long time. And to actually make it happen in perfect timing. Because at that point it was like, oh, what's COVID? And then we got home yeah. and it was like, oh my God. It was like right before. Because your birthday's in March. Yeah, literally, it was... So Keith actually had come to Orlando incredibly sick. He was in... Uh, he he hosted a conference that everybody got sick at with COVID. 
Wow. So he came to Orlando really sick. And we were like, oh, it's just COVID. Like, you have COVID, like all this stuff. But it wasn't until we stayed there for from Wednesday to Sunday. And Monday, Keith got tested. It came back negative. But at that point, the tests were x-rays. So he got his chest x-rayed. And they said, oh, you don't have COVID. And like, there was no nasal swab yet. There was no antibodies testing, all that stuff. So he 10,000% had COVID. Oh, like we really, we really believe it, um, the way he was sick and, and how sick he was. And it was just, just so, so terrible. Um, but we got home Sunday, Monday, he got tested. He was in the hospital for like six hours. Damn. Um, in a quarantine room, like people were coming in in hazmats and stuff like that. Um, I took off of work that day. And then Tuesday, uh, Mammoth said, oh, we're not going to do school this week. Uh, we're not going to sc school. The week after was spring break. So right. I had three weeks off of school. Yeah, I had. I was like, <laughs> I had three weeks off of school, but it wasn't until that Wednesday. So I guess we started quarantining early because of Keith. Right. So the actual like state lockdown quarantine wasn't until like later that week or the week after. So we had just got home in time. Yeah, totally. Um, and experienced that whole thing in time. So yeah, I don't know how we got there. I don't know how I got there, but <laughs> hey, at least you did it. I know it's crazy. I, my parents were like, it would have been like, especially my dad, he was like, it would have been hilarious if you took two years out of your time to plan this trip and saved up all this money and couldn't go. I was like, I would have just Thanks, dad. buried a hole <laughs> in the backyard with a little wine cooler back there and just not talked to anyone. <laughs> like I would have just been like, no, I'm okay. But yeah, we did get to go. Something in the universe was like, these people need to go. How sleepy! He's so cute. <laughs> Such a sleepy kid. Did you know that Danielle that Dana Dame named named Loki Loki? Uh, I remember you talking about your friends naming him, but I don't. Yeah, I don't remember who specifically. Name. Yeah, I did the first name, and then <laughs> it's like Hamlet after. It's Hamlet, like Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. Yeah, <laughs> Loki, Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. So so okay well anyways um sorry we went, on a, we went on a lovely tangent if people want to follow you where can they find you um instagram i changed my name after like 10 you know eight years on so i have to double check my instagram name um it's underscore dana katarina underscore on instagram don't really go on Twitter much, so you don't really have to follow me there. Um, LinkedIn, if you want to hire me, get me there. That's been my <laughs> new obsession. My my adult obsession has been like going on on LinkedIn the way I go on Instagram. It's kind of strange, but um, that's really it. <laughs> Instagram is like my my go to place. You can find me there. I just repost stories, nerdy shit. That's really all I do. For those that didn't hear, what's the name of your book? So they could go find it on Barnes and Noble and Amazon. Yeah, it's Life's Sinister Spells and Other Magic. Um, and you should be able to find it under Dana Katarina. If not, Sky Row. Like, we'll link it. Yeah, we'll link it. We'll link it for you. 
Sweet, thanks. Where can I find you guys? Where can you find me? At home. Um, <laughs> my, what's my Instagram? I think my Instagram is just Kim Minetti. So K M M O N E T T I, all undercase. Undercase, yeah. That's it. That's all I have. Um, and where can I find the podcast? The podcast, well. By the time eight, this comes out. <laughs> yeah. It'll be, you can follow us on Instagram on Mad Sisters Studios. It'll be on uh-huh. SoundCloud under Mad Sister Studios. And Spotify. YouTube, Spotify yeah. will be all Mad Sister Studios. Amazing. How exciting for you guys. I'm yeah. so happy you guys are doing this. It's so fun. It's the only thing I'm good at. Talking <laughs> shit. So. Well, we always said that you would be the next, like, Wendy Williams. That is true. We, we have always said that. We always yeah. said that you would be up there talking about things and giving people advice and stuff like that yeah so very true here you are <laughs> talking about stuff it. talking shit <laughs> <laughs> next we'll have dana on next time to just shoot the shit yeah 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 word <laughs> you guys, danielle, so you can edit this out but danielle um i've been watching the witcher right does that mean in quotes? Like <laughs> like doing twenty other things but having it on in the background? Because <laughs> yeah. I, I How can like, you not watch Henry freaking how can you not like want to just sit there and be like, wow. Okay. <laughs> Geralt, his eyes freak me the fuck out. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I love him. Like he's our like our bae. Like right yeah. here. He's fantastic. It's my like workout show. Okay. Because I've been. Yeah, I, I get that. So it's on in the background because I've been working out at home, but I have music on. But I was telling D, I was like, "Yo, how come every time I'm working out, it's the part where they're like having sex?" Yeah, like and Jennifer, me- like, "Oh my god, look at me, I'm so cute," and then it's it, like, <laughs> it "Next scene." So uncomfortable, and it happens like with any show, Vampire Diaries. Mm-hmm. I was watching Narcos and the same thing happened. And I'm yeah. literally just like, I curl up into a ball. I get so uncomfortable. So I'm watching it. Well, that, we- that's been happening to me with Game of Thrones. My parents will perfectly, and that show has a lot of sex. That a lot of show movie, is a lot bad of, when it comes to that. A lot of language happening. And every single time somebody comes downstairs and like goes in the closet and like they're having a time on the TV. Yeah. But my my um volume control just stopped working so now i have to like parkour myself to the sound bar <laughs> like whip myself off of the couch over the table like <laughs> yeah. like to lower that oh my god it's it's a time so <laughs> i get it but i say it it's such a good show I, I'll watch it eventually, okay? <laughs> when, the, when the next season comes out in like 10 years because Mr. Henry tore his meniscus or something. I saw that his like, leg right or some shit. Yeah, but they can't, it was funny. He he posted the other day, he was like, oh, well, it's good timing because I, I tore my meniscus or whatever he, whatever he told like, I'll talk about it later. Like, yeah, and, and he was like, oh, well, um, they canceled uh, shooting because of COVID anyway, so I guess I have more time to recover. I was like, we love an optimistic attitude. <laughs> We're like, okay, okay. Sorry, I'm eating food. But... You gotta cut this out because I'm eating day. I get that. I'm sorry. I haven't eaten anything all day. 
That's not good. That's <laughs> no. I'll do it. It'll happen. It'll, It'll happen eventually. Happen. It'll happen. <laughs> All right. Oh my god. Anyway, gonna close this out. Let me close this out. Thank you, Dana, for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. We very, 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 very much appreciate it. Um, and yeah, we'll happy to do it. We'll see and hear everybody else next time. Yeah, I'm very excited. Woo! Yay!